1: Knowledgeable. All right. Oh right. Yeah. Right. Live and local. It's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler.
0: Good morning, and welcome into the Bart Winkler Morning Show. I'm Toby Altizer in for Bart Winkler today, alongside Tim Shea here in the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University earn co-op credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. We're gonna get into some Leroy Butler talk and the Hall of Fame, and we'll talk about the Hall of Fame game last night. We'll do that a little bit later on. Let's go ahead and get the negative stuff out of the way. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Milwaukee Brewers lose again. This guy that Craig Council talks about the other day, that's a good addition, Matt Bush. It's a good addition. Go into the bottom of the 10th inning in Pittsburgh, up a run, one pitch, no longer in the lead. (laughs) uh, Are the Brewers ever going to win another game? I know I sound like Barts. Right now, but it's just so frustrating that all this is going on. Now, their lead in the NL Central, gone, tied with the Cardinals. You have no faith in this organization, none whatsoever. I mean, what am I supposed to believe? They're trying to win? David Stearns isn't trying to win. Mark Adonasio is not trying to win. And we got some other stuff we got to get into with that, too. Luke Barker tweeted something out last night, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Christian Yelich got something that he said last night after the game. He was ejected from the game last night, so was Craig Council for arguing balls and strikes, so at least somebody cares. But Christian Yelich had something to say after the game last night's Adam McAlvey, and... I mean, if this thing is starting to affect the coolest, calmest heads in that locker room, a.k.a. Christian Yelich, then you know it's a problem. You know, if it affects Devin Williams, Devin's a pretty emotional guy, and he shows it, and he's going to wear that on his sleeve. So that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone else in the locker room is feeling it. But if Christian Yelich is talking about it, and Christian Yelich is saying it's affecting him, then you might have screwed up. You might have really messed up. Again, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea talking with you guys about the Milwaukee Brewers. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight. He's going to join the show. We'll talk with him about the Green Bay Packers family night tonight. We'll also talk with him about Leroy and some various things going on over the weekend. So make sure you tune in for Ryan Horvath coming up at 9 o'clock. Until then we got plenty of time for you guys at 414-677-1250 or you can tweet us at @1250am the fan same script every single night Tim same script every single night Brewers had the lead late in the ball game blow that lead and are unable to hold on and here's the disappointing part and I think maybe we need to change how we we're talking about this Brewers team because At this point, I think we've seen more than enough of a sample size. And I'm not talking about just in the second half. I'm talking about the entire season at this point. This Brewers pitching staff is not as good as we think it is. It's not. Especially now that you trade Josh Hader. Woody's great. Burns is great. Devin Williams has been great. Everyone else, average I mean come on at the, at this point you're giving up runs all the time your your offense is actually scoring runs now and you're not winning baseball games let's just look at the brewers games over the last week or so and look at the run totals that have been put up against them last night 5 to 4 against the pirates wednesday 8 to 7 tuesday 5 to 3 Red Sox on Sunday, 7-2. to two. Those are the sort of things you can't do. Twins scored four runs. Twins scored six runs. 10-9 to nine against the Rockies, but luckily the Brewers won that one. They're giving up lots and lots of runs. As exciting as it is that this Brewers offense has finally figured it out and they're putting some runs on the board, something isn't clicking with the pitching staff. Last year, the pitching staff was one of the best in baseball. They came out every single night, and you knew what to expect out of them, and you were going to get a solid outing from the starter. That bullpen was going to lock it down. They weren't scoring a whole lot of runs. And to be honest with you, the pitching staff has not lived up to the billing this season. Now, obviously that was something that, was probably sky-high expectations that they were never going to reach. But either way, they have not lived up to the billing. And then the defense has been atrocious. This team was built on pitching and defense, run prevention, and then getting enough offense to supplement it. Well, now they're getting enough offense. Now they're scoring runs. Now they're doing their jobs. And they're still not winning baseball games. They've got to figure something out. And we talked about this yesterday, Tim. How much of a losing organization does this seem like? And how much of a loser mentality does it seem like that you're going to come home after a road trip and what you traded Josh Hader away looking down the road. I don't care what you say, whether you like the trade or not. That's very clear that they were looking down the road. So they're going to come home. After trading away Josh Hader, after getting swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates, and they're going to come home to a celebration of a team that lost a World Series 40 years ago. That's just the reality of what's happening today and this weekend. It's absurd. Is your mic not on? I turned it on out here. Check the one and two on your mic. Well, we can't hear from Tim. We'll hear from him a little bit later. We'll figure it out. But I I just think it's crazy that we're dealing with this after the All-Star break when they came out and were the hottest team in baseball. They're hitting the ball all over the ballpark. They're hitting it out. Hunter Renfro's looking incredible. And all the Brewers fans that had lost faith in this team were sitting here thinking, you know what, maybe we've got a chance. Maybe we've got a shot. And then you trade away Josh Hader, and it seems like everything fell apart. And I go back to what I said yesterday and the day before, and that if you're going to make a move that isn't going to necessarily improve your baseball team, and in turn it hurts clubhouse morale, then don't do that move. And you could have asked any of the guys in that locker room and said, hey, Hey, we're looking at moving Josh Hader. Do you think that's something we can do? Do you think that's something that might tear that clubhouse apart? Whether it's you got to ask Devin, you got to ask Christian Yelich, ask someone that's a team leader in there and kind of understands the pulse of that locker room. And if they say, yeah, I I don't know that now is the time, do it in the offseason, if that's what you have to do. Then I don't know why you couldn't wait. Uh, it's frustrating because, again, they weren't forced to do this. If this were something where you had to get something out of them, this is the last half season you have them under contract for, you want to get something for them, so you've got to trade them now if you're going to get anything, fine. Fine. Then we can, you can use all the arguments that you've used to say, we're looking down the road and we got back Rodgers and all this stuff. Fine. But the fact that you were not backed into a corner, and you just voluntarily gave him up. And then in turn, you decided we'll help them out by bringing on to Nelson to balance it out so they don't have to go into their, what is it, luxury tax or whatever it's called in baseball. And we'll help them out. And then in turn, what we'll do is we'll DFA to Nelson LeMet because we brought in Matt Bush, who apparently forgot how to pitch when he came from Texas to Milwaukee. So, what is going on? What are the Brewers doing? And I don't know if they could have had a worse stretch over the last week where there was already criticism for the trade. And yesterday on the big show, we talked with Kyle Glazer, and I want to hear uh, that again because not a whole lot of great from him. Very honest about his assessment of the Brewers and – It just didn't make me feel very good about that trade. I already was frustrated with it. You've already heard my opinion all week long that I think it's incredibly stupid. But hearing it from a guy who covers the team nationally and isn't in it every single day like we are, I thought maybe we'd hear something a little bit different. Or hearing from a guy that understands who Robert Gasser and Asturi Ruiz are. We'd never heard of those guys before. But this guy follows them. And keeps up with the minors every single day to, you know, update the prospect rankings. And just keep an eye on what's going on. And he didn't even seem that excited about those guys. So what are you doing? Well, what's the plan here if you're the Brewers? Did you just not believe that they could win a World Series and this is what you did? Because I don't think it was worth it. You got to think about guys that are going to be coming up for contract in a couple of seasons. Corbin Burns... Brandon Woodruff, Willie Adamas, they want to win World Series. I have no doubt about it in my mind that those guys want to win a World Series. And at this point, even if the offer is right and the money is right, would you accept an offer to continue to play in Milwaukee when it's become obvious that you'd rather look down the road than trying to win right now? Nope. Oh, there you are, Tim. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> I have no idea what was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, but it just I, I I really don't get what's going on with this Brewers team right now. And the crazy part about all of this, we talk about it all the time with other things. Winning cures everything. So if they would have gone out and swept the pirates, we'd be in a whole different mood today, Tim. We'd be talking about this team. You know what? I don't like the hater trade, but they're gonna figure it out. At least they got Taylor Rogers. All right. I still don't understand it, but at least they're winning baseball games. They're still going. The offense is still hitting, and we'd find ways to spin it because, hey, they won some baseball games. But you went out to Pittsburgh, you traded your all-star closer, and you haven't won a game since, and then you hear the reaction inside the locker room. I just don't understand the direction of this team, and I I I know it sounds at some point like, dude, how many times can you just say, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I wish I could make sense of it. I try to be an honest sports analyst when it comes to these things, and I like to look at both sides. I like to see where it makes sense. I like to see where it's coming from the Brewers' perspective, where you're coming from the Padres' perspective. Just looking at it long-term, short-term, all of those things. And I'm thinking, all right, Let me see if I can understand these moves. Let me see if I can rationalize what's going on here. And I just can't. I can't. Long term, oh, well, you brought in Robert Gasser and Ruiz. Yeah, but they're not the top-ranked guys. Short term, you gave up Josh Hader. I don't need to explain that again. I don't know what you're doing. I don't. And all of this, coupled with getting swept by the Pirates, and then coming home to celebrate a team that lost the World Series 40 years ago, yet another time in Milwaukee. It just doesn't breed well for a city that just celebrated a championship with the Bucks a couple years ago, what, last year now? And then in the same state as the Green Bay Packers that have set the bar at Super Bowl or bust pretty much every single year. And then you, the Brewers, trade away your all-star closer and then come home and celebrate the one time you've been to the World Series 40 years ago, and you didn't even win it. It just makes you seem like you're the losers in the state of Wisconsin and you're fine with it. And as long as you are at least still putting out a baseball team that can win enough games to be above 500, that, well, you know, at least we're doing that. Shouldn't the goal to be win, to win championships? Isn't that the goal here? The Bucks showed you it can be done in Milwaukee. Oh, but it's different. We're small market and all this. I get that. I do. But the way the Brewers operated at this trade deadline doesn't matter if you're small market or not. That's just foolish business and I don't get it. 414-677-1250 We'll take a quick break, get some of your reaction next. You're on the Bart Winkler show with Toby Altizer and Tim Shea here on twelve fifty AM, the fan.
3: Does that trade does that surprises people? Shake shake it up in a bad way? I mean
2: Um You know, I don't know. I mean you'd be lying if it said
4: you know, if you said it didn't have any effect, but at the same time it's like you, we're pros, you know, you gotta
1: you got to do what you got to do to to perform at your best to get the job done. And, you know, we, we weren't able to do that these last three days.
0: Hey, you heard from Christian Yelich after the game yesterday. Look, we heard Devin Williams. I don't need to play that again. We've heard from those guys. But if it's getting to Christian Yelich and he's noticing a real difference, well, then that's a problem.
4: I like how he had to add, but we're pros. We get that. It's but- affecting you. It is. It's a fact.
0: If Christian Yelich is coming out and acknowledging it, then it's clearly shook up that locker room. Because Christian Yelich is the coolest dude in the room. California cool. Nothing bothers him. No big deal. Whatever happens, happens. And we'll go out there and get the job done. That's how Christian Yelich operates. Nothing ever seems to bother him. And you've heard Tim talk about it before and how frustrated he gets that it just doesn't seem like Yelich cares and this and that. Just because that's how Christian Yelich operates. And for him to come out and say that, it clearly is messing with that locker room. And if it's gotten to the point that Christian Yelich has to address it, well, then I think you really messed up. You know, you can shake up the locker room by trading one of the guys in there. There's no doubt. And he's right. They are professionals, so we expect them to go out there and still do their job because ultimately it's about performance on the field. But when you have a team like the Milwaukee Brewers that for years has been built on having fun in that clubhouse, a great clubhouse environment created by Craig Council, and you go in there and disrupt it, and a team that was playing really good baseball coming out in the second half, and you disrupt it to look down the road, it doesn't send a good message into that locker room. And in turn... It's made all of these guys feel what Christian Yelich is feeling, what Devin Williams is feeling. And again, if Devin's saying this, you know, it's, it, Devin Williams is an emotional guy, and that's kind of going to go with the territory. But if Christian Yelich, of all people in that locker room, probably the last guy that something like that would affect, the guy that generally is going to say the company line for you there since he's gotten paid, and he comes out and says, yeah, I mean, it's it shook up the locker room. Well, then, I think they really messed up. I think they do. I wonder now if they're sitting there thinking, one, we didn't get enough. I'm sure they've already thought that. At least David Stearns probably has. And then sitting there thinking, why did we do this? Why did we mess with something that was working? 414-677-1250. Let's get out to Ron in Rome. Ron, how you doing today?
5: Good, Toby. You know, I'm kind of okay with all this now. I am um, just lowered my expectations, and, you know, that's how we're going to go back to the old Brewers, that we're the, a dead-end team. But I think that Mark Antonezio misread the room. I think he thought, um, you know, I, I'm known as a sharp businessman, and people are going to think, well, he's just doing sharp business, and the players know it's a business, and they're going to get over it, and my fans know that we're a small market, and they'll get over it. But I think he missed the point that the Brewers were now known as an up-and-coming team that are on the verge of winning a World Series, and all they needed was a, some better offense. And now we're known as a dead-end market team. So um, how's that a sharp business move? Mm-hmm. He bought the team for $223 million, was worth $1.28 billion, He's probably going to lose a hundred or two hundred million dollars in valuation now that we players aren't going to want to come here. Uh, pe- fans are going to stop thinking of that we're ever going to win a World Series. He seriously damaged the brand, like a motorcycle. Like Harley has a brand. People pay extra for the brand. When it when people think the brand isn't good anymore, you lose a lot of money. It's not good business. So he, this was not a good business move.
0: Yeah, I think you're dead on there with that because you're right. For a lot of people with the around Major League Baseball Brewers fans included, you looked at this Brewers team as someone that yes, small market, yes, all the limitations that come with that, but there's someone that's right there that has a chance to get into the playoffs and make some noise. And you have a lockdown closer and setup guy and you're pretty confident in your 7th inning guy and your starting pitching at the front end there is a leap. So you looked at it and you thought, all right, well, we got a chance. Let's just add a bat. Or even if we did nothing here, this team might have a chance. And instead, you go out there and tell everyone that, you know what, it's not that big a deal that we had this guy. He wasn't as important to our team as we thought he was. And at least it was to you because now you do this and you see how much it really affected those guys in the locker room. Obviously, Josh Hader is loved inside that locker room as a guy. But you've heard from Devin. You've heard from Christian Yelich. You've heard from other guys. It's obviously they realized how good he was. And we talk about the struggles. They didn't care about the struggles because they knew when he's at his best, he's the best closer in baseball, and they knew he'd come out of it. And now you just traded him away and looked down the road, and it I really don't understand why they thought this was the idea, why they thought this was the way to go. Because you're right about if you're trying to do a smart business move, wouldn't be a smart business move to help yourself out a little bit as you try to go for a World Series and show yourself that, you know what, I'm serious about contending. Yes, we still have to operate like a small market, so that could mean trading Josh Hader in the offseason. But we're going to try and win World Series when you're here in Milwaukee. In turn, are you ever going to get a guy like Andrew McCutcheon again? a guy that's at the end of his career that's you know maybe got a year or two left that can come in and give you some solid production as they chase a championship? Probably not because you just traded away Josh Hader and showed that you don't care. So if I'm Andrew McCutcheon and someone asked me what was it like in Milwaukee, oh, the time was great, but they're not serious about winning a championship. So if you want to win a World Series, go somewhere else. They're going to miss out on guys like that. So how is it a good business idea to say – you know what, let's make this destination less attractive than it already is.
5: Yeah, and then to DF, DSA, the uh, the pitcher that uh, they just got, and to trade for Trevor Rosenthal, who for, f- for over $4 million probably won't pitch or maybe for one month, and gave up a prospect. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just like, what are we doing? This the, We don't even know what we're doing. And David Stern ruined his reputation for being a sharp negotiator. And what was the rush? They could have done all They could have got at least as good an offer in the offseason.
0: Well, and the crazy part is they could have literally sat here and essentially done no moves except for that Matt Bush trade, and we would be talking about how they improved the baseball team because they would have added a reliever to the bullpen, and that would have been it, and we would have been fine with that, right? I mean, they they traded away Antoine, Antoine Kelly, and I'd rather be arguing today about saying they didn't get enough value for him, someone that we haven't ever seen in the majors, then arguing they didn't get enough value for Josh Hader, but instead they trade away Hader, they do all these other moves. You mentioned the Rosenthal, and they still do that Matt Bush move, and somehow they're not better today. So then what was the point of doing the moves? It's almost like you had a, a, an itchy trigger finger where you just had to do something, and so you did it, and you didn't make your team better. Either David Stearns was forced to, he got anxious. I, I really don't understand what's happening, and you're right, when it comes to David Stearns, This just doesn't seem like a Stearns-type trade deadline. So you feel like something had to have been forced on him because we've seen enough of a track record of David Stearns to know this guy doesn't get fleeced like this in trades, and he got fleeced in multiple trades.
5: Yeah. So now there's two mysteries in Wisconsin. What is Aaron Rodgers' true personality, (laughs) and what is going on with the Brewers? That's what I wonder
0: about every day. I I think you're getting more of a mystery with going on with the Brewers and less of a mystery with Aaron Rodgers' personality as he goes on these psychedelics and (laughs) podcasts and tells you all about it.
5: (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot, Toby. You're keeping me from going insane.
0: (laughs) Appreciate it, Ron. 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250. Just
4: Just so you know, and I don't want to scare anybody, but – The Brewers, if the playoffs were to start today, they would not be in the playoffs.
0: Doesn't surprise me because they don't care about winning. Don't care about winning. You had three games in Pittsburgh, and you couldn't win a single one of them. And look, these guys are right. Devin's right. Christian's right. They're still getting paid to go out there and perform on the field. But don't act like taking an integral part of that locker room and just Plucking it out with no apparent fill-in for the future. Because, look, you're bringing in Taylor Rodgers to help out this season. And Taylor Rodgers has been solid throughout his career. But he's not Josh Hader. So you could plug in right away Taylor Rodgers. But I I don't want to hear arguments that he's going to come in and be just as good as Josh Hader. So you come in and you take out a guy, and even if you brought in an equal fill-in, well, you just upset the locker room. So what was the point? Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. Let's get out to John and Franklin. John, what's going on today?
4: Well, I got a kind of a positive to this, and I. Oh, I John from Brookfield. The- yeah, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. John. Well,
0: forever. you you, you kind of got me off guard, because John from Franklin, if John from Franklin was on, he oh. does not find the oh, positive. Yeah. At least not now, he would yeah. not find the positive. No,
4: no, no, no. I, I understand.
0: Yeah, he's the staple. I get it. He's John the <laughs> staple.
4: Um, the Brewers, I hate the trade. I, I, I don't think them, they, they really helped themselves. I'll preface that. But they're hitting. The team went into the All-Star break. You know, they had a rough shakeup. I get it. They were hitting, they weren't. But against Pittsburgh, how many runs per game did they score? They they were hitting. The offense did what they were supposed to do. What Stearns did so that's a positive. What Stearns did was shake up your pitching staff. And it may just take a week, maybe two, to settle down settle out with what he's done. And now you got you got guys looking at each other going, hey, am I next? Am I going to be out of here? What's going to happen with me? Uh, Williams is definitely a a, a good example of that. He was shaken by the trade, came out, gave up a gopher ball, and gave up the game. Uh, So I am going to see how this plays out, see if the offense can keep hitting when they start playing good teams. Well, even though Pittsburgh has shown that they are, now Milwaukee killer, but if they can keep scoring some runs, can keep hitting, and the pitching staff can actually settle down a little bit after this trade, we may be back to where we were, you know, running the course as we did during the season. That's about all I'm going to say. I'll I'll let it play out.
0: John, appreciate some positivity. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you. 414-677-1250. Look, he's right. The offense has been hitting. I just look at it as there was already a slim margin for the Brewers to go on a run to try and win a World Series, and you made it slimmer by trading away Josh Hader. There's still a margin for them to do it. There's still a chance, but you traded away in the same league and you didn't get a whole lot to help you now. You can say that you got enough to keep you right where you're at, but you didn't help your team. So your slim margin got slightly slimmer by trading Josh Hader. And then if that hurts clubhouse morale, then you hurt it even more. I still doesn't make sense to me. 414-677-1250. Let's get out to Bill in Iron River. Bill, what's going on?
5: Hey, good morning. Yeah, you know, I guess really the way I look at it, we really don't know Mark Antanasio's motivations, what they're up to and what their plans are. We don't know. I will say this, though. I'm 70 years old, and this looks an awful lot like the 1963-1964 Milwaukee Braves. They traded away Joe Adcock, an all-star first baseman. They traded away Lou Burdett, 1957 World Series MVP. Doesn't this look a lot like that? To anybody who's my age who can remember that, and I hate to say it, but... I don't think the Brewers are long from Milwaukee. Thanks for taking my
0: call. Appreciate it, Bill. Yeah, I don't know that they're going anywhere anytime soon. I don't know that that's the case. But, I mean, if you're going to continue to do this sort of approach, I don't know, maybe this sort of approach keeps you in Milwaukee. I don't know. Is that what Mark Adanasio's is thinking? Just continually putting out 85-win baseball teams is going to keep them in Milwaukee? Is that is that his plan? I don't know. But either way, it is not not the right move. I don't, you, you can try and rationalize it to a me. You can try and make sense of it. I don't think there is any sense. And we asked Kyle Glazer about this yesterday on the Big Show when we talked with him from Baseball America. And he did not have very high regards for this trade. So we'll hear what he had to say next here on the Bart Winkler Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Tim Shea here on 1250 AM, The Fan.
3: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious
0: Toby Altizer alongside Tim Shea here on the Bart Winkler Show. Hanging out with you guys, 414-677-1250 if you want to hop in here. I want to remind you about the Road to Canton show. Leroy Butler's officially received his gold jacket. The Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022 is going to be enshrined tomorrow. The Wendy's Big Show will be live from Canton today with Bart Winkler and Gary Ellerson. Also, make sure you tune in. To the Road to Canton show tomorrow morning starting at 7 a.m. And that runs through 10 a.m. here on 1250 a.m. The Fan with Bart Winkler celebrating Leroy's career and being immortalized forever in Canton, Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The Road to Canton this Friday and Saturday on 1250 a.m. The Fan brought to you by Pick and Save, Kern Electric, and Schneider National. So make sure you check those things out. Going to be awesome to celebrate that. We'll talk a little bit about Leroy, just in a little bit. Continue talking Brewers here in that first hour, but we'll get we'll we'll, we'll talk about Leap Thirty Six coming up in just a little bit because he's making some claims about his mac and cheese. I need yeah, him to
4: prove them. I I want some.
0: I need some Leroy's mac and cheese. How come I, we haven't had any? I know he says it's the best mac and cheese in the world, so I need to try some. I need to try some. Four one four six seven seven twelve fifty. Let's get out to Tyler, who's in St. Louis. Tyler, what's going on, man?
6: Hey, Toby, how's it going?
0: Good. What's going on, man?
6: No, I just wanted to offer up a point, obviously from an outside perspective there. I won't I won't be too rough on you guys. You guys <laughs> have a rough series here, so but what do what are other teams And when you're in first place and you're trading away an all star closer, what is that what does that signal to them?
5: Mm-hmm.
6: It That's they tell them they need to put their foot down and step on your throw, and then look like, the the Cardinals just swept the Cubs. Obviously the Cubs aren't good, but it's it's still a division rival team. They're going to be competitive. So like that's you're signaling to everybody else you're you're kind of giving up on the season. You don't really have the faith in this team that they're going to be a World Series contender or someone that's. I mean, look at
2: like I said, look at this
6: past. Just look at this past series. The way. Cardinals swept the Cubs and the Brewers got swept. It's a reverse reverse sweeps. Like you're you're telling everybody else, hey, come 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 pass us.
0: Well, you're exactly right because they're going to go up against some quality opponents. I'm not sure what's on the Cardinals' schedule coming up, but for the Brewers, you've got seven games against the Dodgers the rest of the month. You've got a series against the Cardinals and you've got two against the Rays. That's 12 games the rest of the month against quality baseball opponents. And ten of those well, come the against Cardinals, the Dodgers and the Cardinals. And
6: think, right, and I think the Cardinals have. I think they, they said it was the fourth easiest remaining schedule. Well, and that Cardinals yeah,
0: series is going to dictate a lot because that comes up, I believe, next week sometime or the week yeah, after that, the, it, that
6: relatively they got the soon. Yankees and then they got the they got the Yankees and they got the Rockies and I think then I think they got the Brewers. So I think it's so, next weekend.
0: Well, so, and yeah, the, it'll be. That's the key, that the Brewers are going to take on the Reds for a three-game set here. They've got to win this series. and They almost have to sweep. Well, they just got to come gonna... into that series against the Cardinals in a better headspace because if they are not ready to rock, I know for a fact the Cardinals are going to come in and they're going to try their best to sweep it and try and take control of the division and then never let go again. And if the Brewers aren't careful, they might find themselves sitting at home in October never getting a chance to play in the postseason.
6: Because whoever wins the division is the only one out of this subpar division that's going to make the playoffs. The second-place team is going to be sitting at home going golfing.
0: Yeah, very real possibility. Tyler, appreciate the phone call, man. Yep, have a good one. You too. 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250. So I want to play this back for you guys. So yesterday on the big show, talked with Kyle Glazer from – Baseball America. And I want you to listen to a couple things. So, listening to what he had to say about the guys that you got back in the hater trade. So, obviously, listen to that. And then also listen to what he has to say about Jackson Churio, because that is the one positive thing that you get out of this whole thing. Started by asking him just as an outsider. What are your thoughts on the Josh Hader trade as someone that isn't invested in this team every single day like we are?
2: Yeah, I think when you first see a team that's in first place in their division trading a closer of Josh Hader's stature, it certainly makes you raise your eyebrows a little bit because it's a seller kind of move as opposed to a buyer kind of move. But at the same time, you understand the Brewers seeing a situation where they have a lot of really good bullpen arms, where they feel like they can withstand the loss of Hader and maybe use this opportunity to – Fill in some other holes. um, You know, you have Devin Williams. I actually thought the Matt Bush acquisition later in the day really helped shore up the back of the bullpen. He very quietly has been really, really, really good. So you're still looking at a team with an excellent bullpen that's in position to contend for the division title. And they also added some pieces that could help them in both the present and future. So when you look at the trade a little deeper, you understand it, even though on the surface, it's certainly kind of surprising.
0: So then I guess I would ask... Did they get enough for him? Because we don't feel like they did, but you know, you're gonna know the prospects that they got a little bit more than us. Did they get enough for Josh Hader?
2: Um, so so in my view it's it's a little light, especially given that they DFA Nelson Lamette. That's mm-hmm. the thing that surprised me. To me, to make this move make sense, you have to believe that you can get Taylor Rogers right. You're hoping that you can keep Denelson Lamette healthy, because when he's healthy He's locked down. I mean, he's been really, really good. He just needs to get healthy and get used to pitching in the bullpen. You know, Asturi Ruiz and Robert Gasser, um, I mean, they could potentially help down the road, but neither of these guys are, are two studs. To me, it's for the move to make sense. It's really about Rodgers and Lamette, but then them DFAing Lamette. That's where, for me, it tells me they must have thought much higher of Ruiz and Gasser than the rest of the industry.
0: Well, and that's what I'm wondering. The Little Met thing makes no sense to me, and we we tried to make sense of that yesterday, and I don't think anyone could figure it out. But then looking at Gasser and Ruiz, what are they getting in those guys? Because I think the Brewers think that Ruiz might be able to help the big league ball club a little bit this year. Otherwise, you know, he's in AAA, so I'd assume he's going to be with them next year, if nothing else. And then Gasser, they called an underrated arm. Is that something that was, you know, generally considered to be the case or is this something that the brewers are maybe reaching a little bit
2: i think both can be true at the same time so with asturio reese um he's a, always been a really really kind of a good sleek athletic player with big tools big power speed and really good base running and strength so that power speed combo has always intrigued people um, just for four years, he showed no semblance of plate discipline whatsoever, swung at everything. This year, he came back, really, really honed in on the approach and started swinging at better pitches, which is what fueled this breakout year. Um, at the same time, we have a track record of four years of him swinging at everything and about three months of him showing an approach. So you have to really, really, really believe this improved approach is going to stick. Um, the other thing with him is he's a converted second baseman. He's still learning to play the outfield. The roots and reads are just kind of fair at this point that there's still ways to go here. And now he's only 23. He has tools. He saw the ability to make adjustments. He's a hard worker. So, you know, there's things to like, but most people still have a hard time seeing him as a true everyday player just because they question the approach and if he's really going to hit enough against good big league pitching. You know, and Gasser, he's an athletic lefty. He, he's got some stuff, um, you know, fastball at 1095, a nice little cutter, kind of a wide breaking breaking ball. You know, good athlete throws strikes, but there's not really a plus pitch in there. It's more pitchability, left-handed. At the same time, the Brewers have done a good job helping those guys take a jump. You know, Eric Lauer was was similarly a guy who didn't have anything plus, and the Brewers were able to help him take a jump and become a really good uh, mid-to-back rotation starter. So I think it's a situation with that one where you're hoping the Brewers help him take a jump. There's good ingredients, but the stuff is presently seen as a little light to be anything more than a fourth starter.
0: Talking with Kyle Glazer, a baseball writer for baseball America. One question I have then going off of an earlier comment you made about Taylor Rogers and Denelson Lamette being the main reason they do this. Taylor Rogers, I believe, is only on a one year deal and they would have had another year of arbitration with Josh Hader. So it wasn't as if they were forced to make the move now. Do you think that Taylor Rogers is someone that they're gonna plan on extending and keeping around in Milwaukee past this season?
2: I think that's going to depend on how he pitches for them. He was really, really, really good early this season and really, really, really bad in recent weeks. You know, if he comes out and shows that, hey, he can get back to being the guy he was early this season and showed himself to be in previous seasons, you know, he was a pretty good reliever. He had some really good years there, uh, especially, you know, 17, 18, 19, and and 2021 on the full season. So, you know, that can make it a, a, an appealing option. But if uh, he continues to struggle like he had in the days leading up to the trade, then there's not too much of a reason to extend him.
0: So then looking at the National League as a whole now, uh, you know, we talked with some Brewers beat writers and asked them if they're better today than they were the, you know before the trade deadline. They said no. So then looking at some teams that improved and the Padres and obviously all the flurry of moves they made, Where do the Brewers rank among National League teams now, and has that changed since the trade deadline?
2: I don't think there's any argument that they're any better than the fifth-best team in the NL. I mean, the Dodgers, Mets, Braves, and Potters are just better teams with substantially more talent at this point. Um, You know, the Phillies and Cardinals are right behind them, and and I think the Cardinals, especially with some of the moves they made to short back the rotation – wouldn't shock me if they jumped them. And and that's the thing about all this that surprises me. You know, I mentioned I, I think I understood why long term value play, they feel like they can get, you know, good bullpen production now and trade Hater, But to me, as a first place team in the division title hunt, trying to not just get to the postseason but advance further into the postseason, you know, are you more likely to do that with Josh Hader on your team or without him? And and the answer is you are more likely to do that with Hayter on your team. And and while this package Again, I understand what they did. It's not the kind of package where you say, oh, man, this is the best we're ever going to get. We're never going to get better than this. We need to do this right now. Um, I don't think these moves made them a better team, and I I think ultimately they are firmly um, behind the pack in terms of the best in the NL. They're more in that fifth, sixth, seventh best team range now.
0: So, I mean, we saw a team last year in the Braves kind of, they weren't necessarily the top team in the National League, and they went on a run to win the World Series. Do you see them having a chance of maybe doing that here in Milwaukee this year?
2: Not really, because the Braves did that by being aggressive buyers at the deadline. They went out and got an entirely new outfield. They traded away a bunch of prospects to go get, I mean, literally four new starting outfielders and they also beefed up their bullpen. Um, The Brewers' biggest move was a sell move, trading away someone. So um, I don't think that's going to be the similar case.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to make me feel better, Kyle, you're definitely not doing it.
2: Uh, <laughs> with so these I have to, have to be straightforward and
0: honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I do. So then looking at it, do you think that David Stearns looked at this team before the trade deadline, and part of the reason he made those moves was thinking that maybe they'll have a better chance in years to come as opposed to this season, and that's why he does that? Or do you really think that they still believe that they can win a World Series this year and I I, I, can, I just can't understand the Hater move. I'm sorry, I just can't get it. But do you think that they don't believe that they have a World Series team?
2: Yes, I think. And I think that's truthfully kind of an honest assessment, an accurate assessment. I think with Josh Hader, were they more likely to get there? Yes, but I still wouldn't have said that it was extremely likely. Again, when you look at this lineup in particular and compare it to The Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, Um, you know, the Mets have struggled at times a little bit. And the Braves, now they've brought Michael Harris up, and some of their guys are finding their stride. Um, You know, I I don't think this was a Brewers team that was truly a World Series contender. At the same time, there's nothing wrong with trying to maximize your chances, and and I think having Josh Hader on hand would have helped them do that.
0: So then let's look at some of these Brewers prospects. Do you think that we will see any of these guys coming up? I I doubt at the end of this year, but... Is there any chance that we're going to see some of these guys in AAA now with Freelich and Weimer and Garrett Mitchell making a big impact for the Brewers next season with a big league club?
2: I think there's certainly a chance they will. Um, You know, Joey Weimer is a a really, really interesting prospect. He's he's kind of funky. He does some things differently, but, man, the ball comes off as that hot. And he's a good athlete. He does some good things free defensively, plays really hard sometimes a little too reckless out there and runs into the walls or other defenders. He needs to tone that down a little bit. But, um, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy that I could see definitely coming up and providing this team a spark, even though he's probably going to have some adjustments to make with his swing against big league pitching. Um, you know, Garrett Mitchell, he's more of a guy, I think, that you really rely on the speed and defense component. Um, he, he's never really hit, doesn't project to hit. He's more the raw athlete, great defender type. You know, and South Freelick is kind of the opposite of that. He's kind of, you know, a smaller, undersized guy, but the dude can just hit. So I think when you take all of them together, they all have, you know, different skill sets, um, but they can all do something that could help this team next year. No question.
0: Two more here for you. Talking with Kyle Glazer from Baseball America. Jackson Churio has really come on this season and has shot up the prospect rankings. Is that surprised you? Is that someone that maybe you saw doing something like this? And is it sustainable?
2: Yeah, I mean, coming into the year, you know, we knew that he was a a top international signing out of Venezuela. I mean, keep in mind he was a Brewers' top ten prospect without ever playing a single game stateside, so you knew there was a lot of talent there. But anytime you're talking about 17-year-old international signees, it's it's a pretty risky profile. We started getting real buzz about him during uh, minor league spring training. I did a piece on some standouts in minor league camp, and he really was jumping out to scouts, not just for his tools, but his polish, some of the plays he was making at a young age. And then once we got to Carolina, it was, okay, this is extremely loud tools. It's advanced polish, it's advanced feel in a lot of ways like every young player, has some things, needs to work on, goes through some stretches where he, you know, needs to work on his aggressiveness. But keep in mind, this guy is 18 years old. He would have been in the draft this year. And he's already in high A crushing. Um, this is someone who has a chance to be one of the best prospects in baseball. He already is one of the best prospects in baseball, but we've had these conversations internally at BA. You know, if he continues to hit like he has at high A, which is the first level, the pitching kind of gets real. The pitching in low A right now is atrocious. If he continues it at high A, he's going to have a case for a top five prospect in baseball and and maybe even number one prospect in baseball. He's that good.
0: Well, that gets me excited. So that's at least something positive you said for me today, Kyle. Uh, Last one for you, looking at the major league baseball landscape as a whole, after the trade deadline has passed now, who would you pick as your favorites to meet in the world series?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the Yankees are still the team to beat in the American League. Uh, Their acquisition of Frankie Mataz was really, really good and strong for them. Um, You know, I also really like what the Astros did, getting Trey Senior from the Orioles and an absolute steal. The Orioles, uh, that was just a horrendous mistake on their part, um, trading him away. You know, the National League, it's interesting. I actually think the Dodgers failed to upgrade what they needed most. They really needed some back-end bullpen help. They didn't get it, and I think that could come back to bite them. Um, the Mets and Padres, you know, got better. They added players to make them better. I think the gap in the NL is closed now. Um, I probably still pick the Dodgers, but I think, you know, a Yankees versus, you know, Yankees and Astros, and then one of Mets Dodgers, uh, Mets, Padres, Dodgers, excuse me. That's where I think it's going to come from when we get to October.
0: Tim, did that interview make you feel any better?
4: Oh, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled.
0: <laughs> I don't. Like... So much in there. The Jackson Churio thing is obviously very encouraging, that he mm-hmm. can be a top prospect in all of baseball. But for him to come out and say that he thought it was light, the fact that he thought that Asturi Ruiz is someone that we have a track record of striking out a lot and is, you know, He'll you're, fit right you're, in. you're projecting that he can continue his <laughs> better approach, and the fact that he says he doesn't see Gasser ever being more than a number four starter, is that what you want for Josh Hader? No, a rental of a reliever, a number four starter, and an outfielder who doesn't project as an everyday player. That's all you got. Again, I don't know if if Adam hadn't brought up this right after the trade, I don't know if I'd been as mad. But think back to what the Cubs had to give up to get a Roldos Chapman for a half a season, Glaber Torres. And look, Glaber Torres maybe hasn't lived up to his full expectations as a prospect. I understand that. But you gave up the top prospect in your organization, Gleber Torres, to go get Aroldis Chapman. And you traded Josh Hader for a year and a half, not just a half a year like Aroldis Chapman, a year and a half, and you got a number four starter and a guy who's not projected to play every day? I mean, what are you trying to do here? I get that you say you have to trade Hader and get something for him. That's not the issue here. The issue here is the fact that you got essentially nothing for him. If you're trading the number one closer in all of baseball, then you should be getting someone who projects as one of the top guys in your organization, not someone that might be able to fill in in the back end of the rotation, not someone who might be able to give you some depth in the outfield. And of all positions, outfield. The Brewers just traded Tristan Peters because they don't need anyone in the outfield. They don't need anyone else in the outfield in terms of prospects. Because you have Weimer, Churio, Frelick, Mitchell. That's four guys. There's only three outfielders. And you got to think that Christian Yelich is going to be here for a while too. So he's going to be playing the outfield. So that's five guys. So you are really just adding more and more to a position that you already had enough at. So what are you doing? What's the plan here? Again, this just all feels weird to me because this doesn't seem like a normal trade deadline from David Stern. So it all seems fishy. And that's why I get why people are blaming Mark Adonazio for this because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me what's going on in Milwaukee and what they're doing in that front office. And then for him to come out and say, this trade really relied on Taylor Rogers and Denelson Lamette and then you DFA'd Nelson Lemet. So then what was the point of this trade? How did you mess that up by saying, well, we acquired Matt Bush and now we didn't have room? Well, then after you traded Josh Hader, wouldn't you just say that we're not going to do the Matt Bush trade? And Matt Bush has not looked so hot your first two outings with the Milwaukee Brewers, so... I don't know. Just it doesn't seem like anything's going right for this organization right now. I want to talk about this Luke Barker thing as well that he posted on Twitter last night? But they need to win. They need to win soon. They win, need to win tonight. And I'm so excited to watch the game on Apple TV Plus. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Apple TV Plus, man. I'm just not excited. I I, I don't like watching. When I can only watch it on my phone, Mm -hmm. because for whatever reason, we can't get this TV hooked up in the studio to the Internet, so we can't make it an actual smart TV. I'd love to be able to watch it on TV. I I don't get what's going on, but you can check out me and Tim on the postgame show tonight, so that'll be fun, and I'm sure we'll just still be complaining about the Brewers. If they lose tonight... I think it could be
4: the breaking point.
0: Yeah, I mean it's going to be awful. I mean, it's going to th- be awful. I think
4: we've reached a breaking point, but this could be the the one that tips everything over.
0: Yeah, I really hope that that doesn't be the, that's not the case. I hope they win tonight, but who knows? Who knows at this point? I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. We'll continue talking about the Milwaukee Brewers as the Bart Winkler show continues on. Hour two comes up next.